Welcome to Manager Tools. Today's show, Toastmasters. Here we go. When's the last time we recommended some kind of external management training? Uh, we don't do that very often. I mean, uh, we recommended John Luck's book several years ago. We had John on the show. We talked about Marshall Goldsmith, of course. Yeah, we certainly, of course, talked about Marshall. We've recommended some books that we think highly of. But but in terms of training, no. I yeah, don't. never uh, so. We, we might have mentioned Dale Carnegie. We might have mentioned training, getting things done, training. I mean, there's an external resource, getting things done, certainly. You don't need to go to training, but, but uh, we recommended it. Not, not an entire podcast. Not an entire podcast. But today, we're going to do that. And it's just a complete no-brainer. Yeah. Toastmasters are probably the most effective, quasi-professional, member-driven, voluntary organization we know of. I think a lot of people misunderstand it. It is just a fabulous resource for managers. We're going to talk about it a little bit today in the context of, of, of coaching your directs on getting better at presenting and just, you know frankly, abdicating <laughs> to Toastmasters <laughs> after a fashion. I'm kidding, folks. But look, it, it works. It's a, it's a no-brainer. As you say, it's a no-brainer. Look, folks, I, I we've said this probably 20 times on the air in the last couple of years that presenting matters. It matters more in the flatter organization. It matters more in the speed-driven organization. Everybody seems to think that email matters, and it does. But what happens is with all the email, when people finally get together for a presentation, there are a lot of people who are poor at presenting. And uh, it shows. Mike and I sit in presentations and we're just kind of shaking our heads going, wow, this person is not rehearsed. They're not ready. Presenting matters. And the fact is, most of us aren't very good at it. Now, look, to be fair, that's, that's true of management too. Most of us aren't really all that good at it. And yet there are a lot of us who are doing it. And we're not born with the skill, naturally, nor are we taught it specifically. I mean, I know some schools in the U.S. Um, have started students presenting more, but frankly, uh, I'm not certain that the teachers are teaching how to present. But look, good, good to get people up. I don't want people just teaching it without having people presenting. But the fact is, most young people, most people join the professional workforce not being good presenters. Or if they think of themselves as good presenters, they're just lively, energetic people who like being in front of an audience. And for you high eyes, that's good. You've got a head start. You're not fearful. You're not avoiding it. Just because you're an energetic speaker doesn't make you good. When I at conferences all the time, Mike, people are like, "You're so energetic that makes you good." I said, "No, I'm not. That doesn't. It's not what makes me good. What makes me good is I give the audience what they want in order to learn what they need to learn." So yeah, it's it's a total no brainer, and maybe it's good, Mike. I I, I feel like we ought to do at least a brief definition um, of yeah, that'd be useful. It's amazing to me how many people. Really, managers who've been around for a while yeah. don't even know what Toastmasters is. So that, that's a shame. Yeah. We gotta we gotta solve that. <laughs> And, and it's Toastmasters International, by the way, is the name of the club. And if you type in Toastmasters into Google or, or uh, Ask.com, you'll, you'll get there. And to, to be clear, in the beginning, this is 30 years ago when I heard about it, just starting my professional career, I didn't want to be a Toastmaster. And the reason why was I thought that was some guy who gave toasts at the start of speeches, that they were a, you know, sort of a bon vivant that, you know, introduced people or something. And 
a Toastmaster used to be years ago, 50 years ago, 60, 70 years ago, used to be a great speaker um, who people would pay to give short or long speeches. And so, so the name can be misleading. It has nothing to do with toasting. It has all to do with presenting and speaking and communicating. Toastmasters is an international organization that's sole purpose is to help people become more effective presenters and communicators. Uh, I think there's about a quarter of a million active members in the world, at least several years ago when I checked, that's what, what it was. And, and generally what happens is there are small local chapters, 10, 15, 20 people that meet usually weekly, sometimes biweekly, sometimes as rarely as monthly, all over the world. It is not a club you join and then become a member and do all kinds of stuff. What happens is the local chapter has meetings to hear members of the chapter speak you could actually do Toastmasters if you went to a couple. I'm not suggesting you do this. It'd probably be a violation, but you could do it without being associated with Toastmasters. But what, what the national organization, the international organization has done has built a framework for you to go through a series of speeches to get better. And then your fellow club members essentially give you feedback about it. And so you get better. How do you learn how to do something? Well, you do the thing and you get feedback about it. There are hundreds of chapters in most of the major cities in the United States right now. There are over 200 in Chicago, within 50 miles of downtown Chicago. There are 12 in Paris. I think there are 25 in London, last time I checked. It's really, it feels local. You don't necessarily feel like there's an international organization that you're a part of because you go to the local chapter and you follow the guidance in the, the manuals, which are not hard at all, by the way, folks. And you just go and meet with your friends and you practice speaking, and it's totally professional. You go to Toastmasters to become a better presenter and communicator. That's all. You, there aren't service projects. You're not going to be hit up for money, although there is a small fee. Uh, I think it's 50 bucks a year or something like that. You're not going to have a big push to become more involved in the, in the national or international scene or anything. You can go just for one reason, and that's to become a better presenter. And there are other people there who are good presenters or are struggling, and they're all – part of the deal is they're there to help you. Um, they don't boo you. They don't hiss you. They don't try to make it hard on you. They try to help you get better. Frankly, and when I mentioned the fees, I don't think there's any fees. If you're going to send some of your directs, there are no fees that I'm aware of that an individual manager probably couldn't pay themselves. And frankly, your company could probably pay for them. I mean, 50 bucks a year or something like that. It's, it's a no-brainer. And for the vast majority of you who are listening right now, there's a Toastmasters within 15 minutes of your workplace that meets on a Monday or a Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday or Friday. There are some that are in the evening, but generally they're at lunch. And I'll never forget being at USAA years ago, and the building is so big, they had five different Toastmasters in the same building. Yeah. And they're all USA people because, because USA is hard to get into as a building security-wise. They were all USA people, and there was one on Monday, one on Tuesday, one on Wednesday, one on Thursday, one on Friday. So that's Toastmasters. And, and look, the reason why we're talking about it is the modern workplace today has become much less vertical, much less formal. More folks are expected to be able to present, and you're going to be presenting to more levels of people. And if you present, and inadvertently or just randomly, there's some more senior person there, and they forget, as most human beings do, when they learned how to be a good speaker, and they hear a great idea presented poorly by a 25-year-old who, no offense to you, 25-year-old, doesn't really know how to speak. And the 50-year-old has forgotten that he didn't know how to speak well when he was 25 either. He's going to discount your idea because you're a poor presenter. 
And, and look, more of you know now, one of the, I, I said this a couple of years ago, that more young people know they're going to have to manage their own careers. The, the, the folks who are 40 might have started their careers, 50-year-olds today here in 2011, you know, might have started thinking the big company is going to manage their career, but young people know for sure that they're not going to, that no one's going to manage their career for themselves. So that's a good thing. But a lot of young people don't realize that results are really what career management is all about. It's not personal branding, it's results. And people's impressions of you as a presenter are included in their perception of you in terms of producing results. They will not promote someone who's a terrible, terrible presenter. And at first, they won't promote you because they know you're going to have to present more when you become a manager or a senior manager. And so they don't want to put you in a job that you can't handle skill-wise. At first, they'll do that. But they'll also say, okay, but he's smart. He knows he wants a job where he's going to have to present more. She's going to have to present more. If two years later, you're still a bad presenter, they're not saying no to you in terms of promotion because you're a bad presenter. They're saying no to you because you apparently don't realize you have personal skill development needs you need to address. The company's not going to do that for you. And we're not just going to promote you because you're the smartest guy in the room or you're the best coder or you're the best engineer, you're the best architect or you're the best welder. We're going to promote you because you're right for the job. And part of being right for a job in management is being self-aware about what's what strong at and what you're weak at. And, and if you've got a weakness and you haven't addressed it, particularly when they know something like Toastmasters exist, big mistake. And it's not a mistake of skill. It's a mistake of self-insight and your future in terms of developing yourself. And I'm talking about the individuals here, but look, this cast is really about you as a manager. If you have directs who present, it's your job as a manager to help those directs be effective when they do present. Simple as that. Sorry. <laughs> Got going about presenting. And folks, it's I, important. I feel like it. Yeah, I feel like there's a disclaimer in here because a lot of people come to the conference and say, okay, Mark's a really good presenter, and so he's elevating this. I'm not, folks. I'm not. It's, it, presenting is not my favorite part of my job. It's not. It's an interesting one, um, but it's not the favorite part of my job. I didn't set out to be a good presenter. I probably could have gotten away with my career without being a good presenter. It's a big part of what I do now, so I'd be a fool not to try to be good at it. I have a trip coming up in the next couple of weeks where I am, or by the time this comes out, Mike, the trip will have already happened. And I've got six different presentations to four different clients, all of whom have different cultures and backgrounds. And I, I don't really think of myself as a good presenter. I think about what a challenge to try to figure out how to deliver the verbiage I have, the ideas I have. I have to deliver them differently because communication is what the listener does and it's all about the audience. And folks, I, we don't want to make you into a presenter that can, that can present in a consulting role. We don't. We want you to be able to present to your peers and to your boss and to your team in a way that's confident and smooth and crisp and that you know you have to rehearse you know that you have to prepare for questions. You know that you have to think about every member in the audience. Um, and the best way, a way to get you 70% of the way there is going to Toastmasters. It's literally that easy. Good. So what, what are the steps we're going to talk about today? Yeah. So what, what I thought we'd do is we, we would roll Toastmasters into the coaching model a little bit here, folks. Now, look, you can do Toastmasters without coaching. You can do it yourself. Of course, that would be a little bit of a career tools cast, right? But we're talking about if you're a manager and you've got to help one of your directs get better at presenting, even if you don't use our coaching model, of course, you can send them to Toastmasters and they'll become way better. And then you'll realize, why didn't I do this five years ago? But we have four recommendations. And again, we're going to couch it in the coaching model 
so that those of you who are thinking about need need a framework to do it, our coaching models makes it easy to do it. And so four steps. First of all, we recommend coaching all of your directs on presenting because it is so important. Hopefully, we've already made the case about how important presenting is in the modern workforce. Um, number two, it's easy. And step two of the coaching model is brainstorm resources. And we think your first resource ought to be Toastmasters International. Number three, have your direct join Toastmasters, attend to Toastmasters, and systematically report back to you on their progress in Toastmasters. You could think of this as outsourcing part of your job of training people. And then number four, have your direct set a goal for the Toastmasters milestones. Because the great thing about Toastmasters is there are milestones in there. They're already pre-built. They tell you, this is the first speech you're going to give. You have to do It's this long. Here are the standards for it and so on. And then once you get the first speech done, your, your fellow Toastmasters folks who cheer you and they're like, yeah, great. And then you do the next one and you do the next one. And they get progressively harder. There are no hour-long presentations that require spreadsheets and analytical frameworks and that kind of stuff. But yeah, you just take them right through the process. That, those are the four steps. Good. Okay. So we, we've recommended to folks before that they coach all their directs on presenting, right? I mean, that, matter of fact, presenting is one of the three areas. There, I mean, there may be, there may be more. Oh, there are more. I'll co- In the next five minutes, while we're talking about this first thing, I'm going to come up with some more. Okay. Yeah. But, th- but this, this is easy. It works across all industries. It doesn't matter what job you're in. It, it doesn't matter. Right. Running meetings, managing projects, and presenting. Right. Yeah. At some point, we said, these are things that all managers have to do, running meetings, managing projects, and presenting. And frankly, it was a bit misleading. I I said something with good intent, and it was heard in a way that I didn't intend. My fault. I'm responsible for the communication. Some managers wrote to us and said, you know, that's true, Mark. You've got to help your people grow and prepare and so on. But it makes no sense to coach one of my directs who has no desire for a promotion to management on these things that you think all managers do. And again, I, I just, I communicated poorly. I didn't mean to suggest that we, we, sh- you should coach everybody because everybody should get promoted. That was not my point. We didn't mean to say you have to coach somebody so that when they become managers, they'll be proficient as managers. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, for those people who are going to get promoted, we still ascribe, we're the ones that came up with the manager tools 150% rule, which is not only teaching them, expecting them to do their job well, but also to do 50% of your job well. And that means you're going to have to delegate things like presentations and running meetings and, <laughs> and managing projects so that when they get to be you at your level, they will understand the basics of the job. That's the 50%. They have to do not only 100% of their job, but 50% of of your job as well, so that when they get your job, they will be successful rather than floundering around. The point of coaching someone in these areas, and I'll mention some others in a minute, if they're not going to be or they don't want to be promoted, is not so much about preparing them because they don't want to, you know, you wouldn't want to punish them by promoting them, but rather developing organizational capability. The more people who have and can use a skill in your organization that's widely disseminated across the organization, the more effective they're going to be with that skill and the more flexibility the organization, meaning you, are going to have when that skill is necessary. Look, think of it this way. If everyone on your team can run a meeting, you can be doing something else while they're running the meeting. Now, it could be that, number one, you could be somewhere else, literally physically somewhere else while they run your staff meeting, or run a meeting that maybe you're chairing the project, but they could run that meeting for you. But if nobody on your team knows how to run a meeting, 
then you have to be there. But you could also be in the meeting and not be running the meeting. And for those of us who have facilitated thousands of meetings and have to both facilitate around time and logistics and agenda, and also want to provide value on content, that's hard. Doing both process and content is hard. If everyone in your team can manage a project, you can gladly accept an important high visibility project, even when you're swamped, Because you have more capabilities than just your own personal capabilities. You could delegate a project that you're comfortable with after maybe it's a nine-month project and you're in month six. You could delegate that project to one of your directs to take on this big high visibility project. But if nobody on your team can manage a project and you're full managing projects, the high visibility project that's a target of opportunity that'll make you look good to your your boss or your boss's boss or even the CEO or EVP or CIO or whatever, you can't take it on. And that's because – I'm going I'm to be hard on you, and I apologize. It's because you didn't take the time to develop the skills of people, even those that weren't going to be promoted or didn't want to be promoted. When everybody is an effective presenter, to get back to presenting, you can have different team members present to different audiences based on relationships. Right? I can choose to assign something to Wendy rather than to Maggie because Wendy has better relationships. And if I know Wendy's a competent, solid presenter, that then when she – does present, she'll be able to leverage the relationships that perhaps Maggie couldn't because Maggie didn't have the relationships. Although I don't know anybody (laughs) that manager tools knows that Maggie doesn't have a good relationship with. And again, that's one less burden on you in terms of preparing and rehearsing and delivering. Um, And look, if everybody's a good presenter, you're going to get better decision briefs and better information briefs from your team, which is going to lead to better decisions for you. I just look at this as building organizational capability, right? Right. The more people you have that can do various things, the stronger position you're in. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You you want everybody to have some basic skills, which gives you more flexibility. Yeah. And look, I, I've just been thinking about it. Some other areas where we, I would recommend that every manager be coaching every one of their directs on. Interviewing, no brainer. Recruiting, sourcing, internal network building. I mean, that, that would be an easy one. If Mike's my boss, Mike says, Mark, you need to know more people at the company. There's a thousand people here. Let's, let's come up with a plan for how you're going to build your network. Let me follow up with you every week about who you're having lunch with and who you're reaching out to. Copy me on emails and so on. Hiring is another one. The whole process of hiring. Everybody ought to know how to do that. Onboarding. What if you have to hire three people? You can't, as a manager, you can't do every single step of their onboarding. Have everybody in your team know how to onboard is good. All that stuff. Those are all things that every professional ought to know how to do in a mid to large size organization. Okay. So coach all your directs from presenting. That makes a lot of sense. It's one of the things that all professionals have to do at some point and it builds organizational capability. So we have a step in the coaching model where we talk about resources that can be used. And one of the resources has to be Toastmasters. It has to be the first one, doesn't it? Yeah. I, well, it's, it's, it's the first of, of perhaps two. If you think about, Remember, in our guidance on coaching, what we say is uh, we brainstorm a list. If Mike's my boss, Mike and I sit down, we brainstorm a list. Maybe there's 12, maybe there's 20, maybe there's 50 things in the list that we could possibly use. Certainly books. You know, we always joke at conferences about Google. Could be a friend, could be a mentor, whatever. But you as a manager, the first thing you would say would be Toastmasters. And when you brainstorm it, you say Toastmasters so it's in the list. And then we're going a step ahead and saying, if Mike and I have a list, if Mike is coaching me, Generally, Mike wants to be 
um, wants to bow in my direction when it comes to the first tool that I, the resource that I, that I'm going to use. Remember, coaching is a self-development exercise. Mike is not going to teach me how to present. He's going to oversee my own self-development process to become good. Otherwise, folks, if you're a manager and you think of coaching as teaching and training everybody, you don't have time for it. You just don't. Our recommendation is, is that if Mike's coaching me, if Mike comes up with a Toastmasters, and that's what we're recommending for you managers right now, if I say I want to read a book called Pre- Presenting for Dummies, okay, what we recommend is when I say, hey, look, I want to do the book first, Mike says, okay, I'm no, I got no problem with that. I want you to read the book. Mike doesn't try to trump me. Mike lets me choose because it's my self-development. On the other hand, when it comes to coaching on presenting and you're, you're recommending Toastmasters, you make that 1A or 1B, you make it 1B in this case, and you say, Mark, I also want you to do Toastmasters, right? So it only takes a couple of minutes, and, and you say Toastmasters first, and you want me to read a book, or I say I want to read a book, and we're going to come up with a list of tasks here in just a minute of stuff, but you say something like, hey, I'm glad to work with you on tasks regarding you getting a book read and learning about, you know, from a book, and... I want you to go to Toastmasters. And look, maybe I'm shy. There's a funny one. But you might say it like this. If you sense, if Mike sent some pushback from me, folks, he would say, hey, Mark, I want one of your first resources to be Toastmasters. It's the fastest way you're going to improve your speaking skills. You'll go to a meeting every week, likely during lunch. You'll have to give short speeches speeches pretty quickly, right? Uh, the company or I, I'll pay your dues. They're not that much. The best way to learn something is to do it, and there are experts on how to help professionals get better at communicating. Now, some of you might be saying, well, gee, why shouldn't I let them read a book and it'll take a few weeks and then we'll get comfortable No, I mean, look, if it's worth doing, it's worth doing well. And this is not a self-development journey of exploration. This is a goal-driven. Remember, we start out in coaching with a goal. In four months, here's what you're going to be able to do. In six months, here's what you're going to be able to do when it comes to presenting. And that would be presenting something. So it's okay to say, yeah, you're welcome to read a book and you're going to go to Toastmasters. And let me let me take it a step further for the for the people in the audience who are thinking about it. W- what if the director said, well, I don't want to do that. So, well, okay, um, you're going to do it. <laughs> uh, this is a way, this is the fastest way I know for you to get better. And I really want you to do it. Now, if somebody said to me, you know, I'm worried about gas money, I said, okay, I'll pay for your gas money. I don't have any problem with that. Or I'll, I'll buy your lunch um, every week so that you don't have to worry. If you're t- on a tight budget, I totally understand that. Here's some money for lunch. But you're going to go to Toastmasters. And they said, well, I won't go to Toastmasters. I'd probably raise an eyebrow and say, well, let's not coach right now because the direct is saying, I'm going to do it my own way. And that's not what this is about. This is about the direct gets a lot of input, but it's not the direct's choice to do it his or her own way completely. And it's okay for a manager for as cheap, as fast, as valuable, as no brainer as Toastmasters is. It's okay for you to insist. Good. Now let's use this as an example. I mean, s- sending somebody to Toastmaster seems pretty simple, right? The, the task in the coaching model, we brainstorm bunch of resources and then we right. develop we pick a resource and then we, we right. develop an action plan around that so in this case the resource is toastmasters international and it, it would seem fairly simple like go to toastmasters there you go that's the task yeah <laughs> we're done right but it's not right yeah that's, not a, it, look, that's okay it. look if, if that's what you do hey if, if mike says to me mark go to a toastmaster in the next couple of weeks and let me know how it goes that's fine. It, it's fine. It's not great, but it's fine. 
and I suspect in two weeks you'll ask me, hey, how's Toastmasters going? You say, well, and I say, well, I haven't done it yet. I haven't gone around to it yet. Part of the reason why is because you and I know when it comes to project management, uh, a project is in danger of being delayed by the length of the longest task and, and a task that requires five subtasks is often going to be delayed. How many of us have started a project, your first few tasks on that project take two to three weeks each, and you keep putting them off because you think, oh, there's a lot to do there, right? So we, one of the techniques we teach at our effective management conferences is creating several small tasks out of, a, out of what might seem a normal what it would be a larger task, like go to see, go to a Toastmasters, right? And, and the beauty of a lot of small tasks, and for those of you who think this is micromanaging, I can assure you it's not. But the beauty of the small tasks is it gets us early warning if someone gets off track on something. But frankly, more importantly, it gives the direct plenty of early wins to help them feel like they're on the right track. There's a lot of evidence that projects that start out green early stay green. And projects that go red quickly end up never finishing or, or, or are red throughout, right? And by the way, folks, you can use this, um, this, this atomization of tasks in almost any resource that you, that you create tasks with when you're coaching someone. So it's not just about Toastmasters. But Mike brought up the good example of, hey, go to a Toastmasters the next couple of weeks and report back. Or by the end of this month, let's say it's the 10th of the month. By the end of this month, go to a Toastmasters. And then maybe next month I finally go, oh, shoot, Mike, Mike, or Mike forgets to ask. And then at the end of the month, he says, hey, by the way, did you go to Toastmasters? And I say no. And then suddenly we're three weeks behind. So let me give you an example of how we atomize breakdown tasks to increase the chances the direct will go. Well, that only takes five minutes. I can do that right now. I can get a little, you know, I can, I can, um, I can feel good for a moment, a little bit of joy that I got something done. So here's an example. Let's assume it's Monday. Today's Monday. It's the first of the month. And so I'm going to give you, um, let's see, five, six, I'm going to give you seven tasks in a row. They're going to make it trivially simple for the direct. In this case, it would be Mike giving it to me on how to start somebody on coaching them and getting them to go to a Toastmasters. So by COB today, COB, close of business, by close of business today, send me a list of the local Toastmasters international chapters. Okay, this is Monday again. And then the next one is by COB Tuesday, pick one you're going to attend and send me a note with the details of when you're going. Okay, that's by COB seconds, but yeah, okay. Yeah, exactly. By COB Wednesday, send me a note saying you've joined. Now, look, if somebody looks at this and they see these five tasks are all kind of connected and they can go to Toastmasters International, sign up online, get everything done and pick a, a, a chapter and, and set it up. Great. They just checked off five things. They're five days ahead of schedule. Now they've got time to read the book this week. <laughs> By COB Thursday, send me a reminder of which, which course you're going to attend and when you'll be out of the office. By COB this Friday, send me a note saying you've completed any pre-work for your first meeting. By COB next Friday, and actually, I probably wouldn't do COB in all these. I'd say 2 o'clock or 3 o'clock just because COB, if, if I leave before the direct, if you leave before me, Mike, then it's not going to be until the next morning. But by COB next Friday, send me a note with a report on your first meeting. Come by my office beforehand, if, you, if you're going, come by my office beforehand, and I'll buy your lunch that day. And going forward, by COB the day of the meeting each week, send me a brief synopsis of the meeting. No more than three or four sentences. That's all I want, a short email. And if you presented, how it went and any feedback you got from, from your fellow chapter members. This is how effective managers do it. There are a lot of small steps. It makes them easy to do. It makes them easy to check off the list. Early wins make a difference. And 
People don't say, oh, yeah, I've got to go to the website, I've got to sign up, I've got to figure out what chapter, and so on. They don't see themselves as doing 10 things in two weeks. They see themselves doing one thing a day. And it, this is very close to getting things done. This is this is next thing, next actions, right? Next action, that's right. Um, right? It, it's not saying, oh, my gosh, I've got 50 things to do. It's, what's next? Let's do the next thing. Yeah, this whole idea of next action really... Man, it's made a difference in Yeah, it worked, works life, for me. For sure. yeah. It absolutely works for me. This yeah. is just a bunch of next actions. Interesting. Yeah, we, I use next actions in podcasts. When I'm struggling on writing a podcast, I sit down, I start, get ready to write. And by the way, thank you again, Mike, for recommending the book, The, the Art of the, the War of Art, right? Because it's taught me a lot about, you know, the, I can't remember who they asked, but the writer who said, hey, how, do, how do I get inspiration? I'll tell you how I get inspiration. I sit down to write every morning at nine o'clock. <laughs> Right? That's <laughs> yeah. my inspiration. And, and one of the things I've learned is if I start writing a cast or if I think about writing a cast and I can't do it, I'm making too big a chunk, which is the whole cast. And so what I do is I say, okay, wrong, wrong answer, mistake. You've made that mistake many times over the last five, six, seven years. Stop, write an outline. And the outline goes, Poom! it's out in 30 seconds practically. I just wrote an outline for Wendy for a, a career tools cast, something I felt strongly about. I haven't seen her email yet, but I suspect she's going to say, whoa, how did you do that? The outline's easy. And, and frankly, what I've discovered is once I have the outline, the cast is easy, right? If I have the skeletal structure, the cast is easy. Yeah, so next actions, I agree. Big, very important lesson. Thank you, David Allen. Like many objectives, right? We like to have goals or milestones. How do we track progress, right? It's not enough just to go to yeah. the, the flipping meetings. The person has to present and they have to be able to, to do it effectively. So uh, yeah. how do we do that in the context of Toastmasters? Yeah. So what you do is you have directs set your, have your directs set a coaching goal, a goal for themselves to achieve around the Toastmasters milestones. And that's what they've got. They've got a program that essentially says you've got to give some speeches and you got to pass the test. It's not a test. It's just you, you giving a speech and, and, and meeting the criteria. Uh, and the way Toastmasters works relative to this is you work your way through a series of presentations. The first set of 10 presentations, don't, don't panic, folks. Some of them are just a minute or two long, is what they call the competent communications model or manual. They have a manual you get when you sign up, and they give you the competent communications manual. They're short. They're easy to prepare for. You'll get multiple chances to try each one of them, if, if the short talk, if you need to. Okay. So after your, your direct has been to one or two, you say, look, you've got the, you've got the competent communications manual. Come up with some deadlines for when you're going to get through those 10 speeches, right? And it, look, it's okay if they think they can get them done every two weeks, but it takes them every three weeks. That's okay. Remember that they only have to do the next one. They don't have to worry about the next nine. They only have to worry about the next one. If you go to Toastmasters, you're going to get detailed feedback each time you speak. We're not saying, folks, that you shouldn't have your directs present to you and you give them feedback too. But why not double that and not take any of your time by having them present to other people who are good presenters and people who are trying to learn. And Toastmasters has a framework for giving people feedback. And by the way, after you do those 10 speeches, there's another group of manuals called the Advanced Communication Series. I want to say there are like 15 short pamphlets with like five presentations in each. So, you know, so if you wanted to make it a, a challenge over the course of a couple of years, which I probably wouldn't recommend, but if you find somebody really enjoys Toastmasters and gets a great deal of professional satisfaction out of it, they can you can go for several years through the process of the the advanced communication series. They all build on each other. 
And one of them, I've, I've alluded to it several times, one of the most impressive parts of Toastmasters is that every member is there to help you get better. I've said it before. You, you're not going to be made fun of. You're not going to be booed. You're not going to be ridiculed for not doing well. They just give you feedback. And they do it in a way that's like, hey, we want you here. We want you to get better. And when you do well, we're going to pat you on the back for it. The fact is they celebrate that you're trying. They were there once, too, for those people who are, who've been through already the basic competent communication manual. They know it's hard to mess up in front of other people. They want to honor the fact that you're willing to try to get better. But you ask the people who are there, and they'll tell you, this is a great, friendly, professional way to become a really good speaker. And frankly, it does way more than this, but in the land of the blind, the one-eyed person is king or queen. And I got to tell you, if I had a 22-year-old come to work for me and I felt like he or she wasn't sharp, I'd be like, dude, this is a no-brainer. You're going. <laughs> I love you, man. And I'm not going to tell you I love you and then say, yeah, it's okay. You don't have to be any good at this thing. It's really important professionally for the rest of your career. Look, all we're suggesting you do, do here is rather than agonizing over what goals you can set for a direct, if you're not a good speaker, you don't have to be a good speaker to coach your folks to be a good speaker, folks. All right. You can use the milestones in the competent communications manual and the advanced communication series for them to set their own goals. You don't have to agonize over what goals you're going to set with them. Now, look, it wouldn't hurt and it wouldn't be wrong for you to go to a meeting and to see them present, but you don't have to do that. You can essentially outsource a big part of your coaching somebody and presenting to Toastmasters. And they want you to because Toast, that's why Toastmasters exist. The club's own development structure provides you and your directs all you need as far as goals to help them get better. It is literally, when you're coaching somebody on presenting, it's a T Toastmasters International is a self-licking ice cream cone. If you're a manager and you yeah. want to, to coach your folks and develop them, I can't think of an easier, cheaper, more effective way for the vast majority of your directs. 80% of your directs need help in presenting. And this is just, like you said, so no, it's a complete no-brainer. Yeah. And by the way, for those of you who have really outgoing, high eye, friendly in front of a group directs and, and, and they think, oh, I'm a good presenter, send them anyway. They'll learn structure. They'll learn rehearsing. They'll learn uh, some simple things that energy doesn't teach, but professionalism and worrying about the details, dotting your I's and crossing your T's. If you can have energy and be prepared and know your content and then be so good at it that you can focus on the audience's response to you while you're delivering – now you're getting good. And it occurs to me, Mike, we, I, I've got probably 50 casts in me about presenting, right? We've talked about it before, but there's just so much to talk about when it comes to presenting. Okay, look, look just let me just wrap up because I could talk for hours about Toastmasters and about presenting. Look, we're recommending you coach all of your directs on presenting, right? We recommend Toastmasters be your first resource or number one B, if you will. And then what you do once you, once Toastmasters is in the mix, you have them, you have your direct join it, attend it and report back to you on a systematic basis. And then you use the Toastmasters milestones program to set up a, to set up their goals so they can get better. Um, and, and you don't have to be, uh, incredibly and detailed involved. If your directs want to stay where they are, folks, they still have to move ahead because the world is moving ahead. I just can't imagine there's a place where nobody has to present and we're not going to teach you how to present. The effective manager knows that a team which stays where it is, is slipping behind. All of your directs being able to present well, even those who might think of themselves as good presenters, gives you and your firm, particularly you, but your firm as well, a competitive advantage in terms of persuasive skills and, this is the one I like, ability to delegate and therefore get more done. And Toastmasters is going to do a lot of the work for you. And that ought to excite a lot of you. 
And let me just say one more thing. Wait until you see the look on your direct's face when they've achieved a milestone and they presented then internally at the company and their peers end up saying to them, where the heck did she get that good that fast? And that was you insisting that they get that good that fast and using Toastmasters so it's not a burden for you. It's that good. It is. All right, my friend. Thanks. You bet, partner. We'll see you. Bye. Thanks for joining us, everyone. We'll see you here again uh, next week. Meantime, have a great one. So long.